0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodekar schaller Hi everybody, welcome to the Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Chaos Engine. Uh, but before we do, uh, we've got a little bit of news. Aaron's going to be our uh, our, our newscaster today. He's got Ooh. all the stories. Aaron, what's been going on in the world of Mia? Well, I hate to start off with a bummer,
1: but we'll go ahead and get it out of the way. Um, Dave Needle, who was very instrumental in the uh, in the original Amiga One Thousand and the chipset, uh, passed away uh, on Saturday. Uh, I've not heard why. I don't think they've listed why he passed away or any of the any uh, anything surrounding his death. But uh, he was always uh, noted to be a good guy. He did a convention circuit. I think he did a lot of. Uh, Videos. If you look him up on uh, YouTube and stuff, you should be able to find some stuff where Needle's talking about various Amiga stuff. Uh, He was also uh, one of the uh, co-creators of the Atari Lynx. If you're familiar with the Atari's uh, handheld, uh, it was a neat little uh, gimmick that they came out with. It didn't get a lot of traction. I believe it was mostly because of the battery life. Uh, And I believe Epic's... That was Epic's baby... And then they sort of Atari sort of usurped it in a very devious way, as I recall. Yeah. But uh, uh, this was one. He was co-creator of that, and I always thought that the links was actually a
0: pretty kind of a nifty little item. Yeah, that's. Uh, I know that that's in you know, all these new game by game podcasts. The uh, the links one is is one of the most interesting to me, just because it got a lot of ports of. Uh, it got a lot of good ports, uh, especially Atari games. Um, and uh and a lot of people think that it had the best port of um of the epics titles you know california well it would i suppose yeah
1: i thought california i remember playing california games on it i was like holy smokes i mean it's just coming off the game boy did you ever have a lynx i never had one but i had a friend who had one Mm -hmm. and uh um what a neat little little unit again i and I think it was the length that it had. The, I think he even had an early TV adapter too,
0: as well, didn't it? You, you, you know, it might have that. It was <laughs> not like a tuner. Me. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you could pop one of those tuners in the top. Like I know that the uh, the uh, the Game Gear had one. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: but uh, but the Lynx was neat. So it's kind of neat that he was he worked on that. And like I said, he was pretty instrumental. He was an Amiga engineer. He worked on the original uh, chipset. And uh, but he was sort of the uh, old guard of the Amiga and so it's sad that he's gone but uh, not forgotten yeah Um, to uh, happier news uh, this past weekend was the 25th anniversary of Lemmings kind of neat they have uh, they are still being played I'm sure around the world I haven't heard much on recent Lemmings stuff have you heard anything about anything coming out in the near future for Lemmings no no yeah it's a it's a timeless game and it's a lot of fun to play uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth celebrating. Twenty five years, it's amazing it's been around that long. Yeah,
0: well, you know, uh, this is not Amiga-related, <laughs> but I saw yesterday on Facebook that it's the 30th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda. Oh. So, I mean, 30 years, that's almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah. So, I mean, you were in your mid-20s at the time. You know, I'm, I'm and... going
1: to I'm gonna anger, oh, thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> what a jerk.
1: I, I, uh, I'm going to anger a lot of people when I say, I never liked that game, and I still don't like it. <laughs> I never understood the popularity of it. Now, some of the sequels, uh, I thought were, were pretty good, pretty fun, but those are those are original. The NES ones, I I I cannot for the life of me understand the popularity. of it. God knows I've tried. It. If you like to go out in white grass with a stick, you know, and, and I mean, I, I I don't get it. I came off the PC. Well, you know, when we were if playing it, those kind of those kind of role playing games. When I think role playing games, I think D and D, the Gold Box stuff. And
0: I never got... I just could not understand that. It's there. It's a different series than, than Ultima. You know, it's it's not going to give you the depth. The Zelda games are really puzzle games that disguised as adventure games. You know, most of the action takes place in the dungeons where you're pushing blocks and doing things like that. And so if that's not your bag, you know, it definitely, uh, the, the RPG mantle foisted upon it, especially in the early days. So is a, a little bit misguided. But for console gamers, you know, you took what you could get in those days.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, this is a little out of our usual fare, but I thought I just just because I have to pick it up. And when I pay thirteen bucks for a magazine, I'm going to bring every bit of information out <laughs> of this sucker. Uh, over here in the states, we if you look around, you can get Retro Gamer magazine. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have heard of it. Uh, it's a uh, I think it comes out of the UK. It's a it's a good magazine. I mean, it's really it's usually quite good actually. Mm-hmm. It's, good interviews it's printed
0: on great paper. It's a nice well, size. If you look at this current issue, has the paper quality gone down some? Yeah, you can kind of feel. That oh that, yeah, it's not as yeah, thick as. Yeah, well, it used to only be. only
1: it's not glossy mm-hmm. like it used to be. But um, and we all have to pay the part price. But anyway, over here these things are 13 or 14 U.S. dollars. They're expensive. There's like a book. You're mm-hmm. basically buying a book. Right. <laughs> Anywho, they had a uh, top 150 games of all time, or 150 greatest games ever, is the way this article is. Is uh, uh put out, and uh, I thought it'd be neat to kind of look through a couple of these. We're not gonna, we're not certainly not gonna go through 150 games because these are from all eras, all systems, but just to see what kind of Amiga action or Amiga related stuff or stuff that got released on the Amiga. So I thought we'd go through a few of these, and then maybe the top ten we might look around just just to have a general chat about. Uh, we come from a console background, both definitely. I've I've got a few consoles myself, so kind of get our opinions on stuff. But I'm looking on the list here. I see uh, Double Dragon, which had an, a Amiga, had some Amiga releases. They were ranged in uh, uh, quality.
0: Uh, if you've ever played those, both. The uh, I've heard you're supposed to steer clear of the ZX <laughs> Spectrum port.
1: Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I see it uh, coming in at 138. Frontier Elite Two, which is a great game. Uh, we'll be getting to that one at some point. Uh, 138 seemed pretty. I thought that was pretty low. Um, the uh, I look on here. Somewhere in the early, in the let's see, one twenty-one. I see Civilization two. Have you ever played any of the Civilization games? I both? played a
0: lot of four and a, and a, quite a bit of five, but I've never played the early ones. That was kind of before I was into the PC scene.
1: I played Civilization on my old Tandy one thousand, and then when I got the Amiga, I picked it up. And holy smokes, is it better on oh, the Amiga? Oh, I can't it.
0: even imagine on the Tandy one thousand. Oh man, the, the Tandy was that. What kind of was that? Just a sixty-four K kind of. I it was mean. a it was a PC clone, okay. But
1: uh, Tandy went the extra mile they they put a front they put a hard coded Windows type interface in it called DeskMate that it came it came with every computer and it it booted up sort of like a Windows machine but it was on the ROM. It was not good. <laughs> but they tried. It was they were. Uh, this, is, this is predates a lot of the Amiga, effectively. This is
0: a Radio Shack brand, yeah, right? It's a
1: Radio Shack. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Tandy was the it was the Tandy brand that Radio Shack distributed. Okay, but uh, it was basically a PC clone. But the, uh, trust me when I say the Amiga version was better. I see a 120 Cannon Fighter, which we All just right. covered a while back. So it's good to see that one making the uh, making the kick. There's a lot of stuff here that I see that was on the Amiga, but wasn't necessarily. Something you would know the Amiga for, like, uh, uh, for example, I saw Strider. I think there was Amiga had a copy of that. Uh, Syndicate. I was in. The, I think the Amiga had that on it. Um, impossible Mission. That's for a lot of the C sixty four people, right? There, but it was on everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, did you ever play that one?
0: No, no. I've only heard that uh, in the early, the early printed versions of that game. It really was impossible because of a bug. in it.
1: <laughs> I believe that's the uh, master system. Is that's the problem now? is okay. The, uh, on the Sega Master System, uh, Final Fight. I believe I believe that the Amiga had a, a version of that. I'm not 100 uh, percent sure on that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to figure out. Yeah, um, UFO Enemy Unknown. That was a pretty neat game uh, back in it. It, got, it came in at 65. Civilization One at 62. That's a lot of love for Civilization. I was kind of surprised by that. Jet Set Willy mm-hmm. at, at 50, at uh, 55. Uh, you, you've played Jet Set, Willie. Really. Yeah,
0: no, I, I don't believe – was there an Amiga port? <laughs> no, I think that's more of a C64 thing. Yeah, or
1: – But uh, – Even a – Or was that on the Z Instagram as Spectre well? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Sensible Soccer. All right. 51. So that's that's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of neat that it got up that high. Uh, 46. We just talked about it. Lemmings. So you're getting some here sprinkled in. Right. 45. Speedball 2, which is – Put out by the same guys that put out the game we're talking about today. And Speedball 2, I own, and it's great. I, I, that's one I bought, and it was always it's just one of the top games. Uh, when you weed towards the final top 30 or so, for the most part, you're getting into mostly console stuff. I, see, I will say Manic Miner, I noticed that. That's another uh, favorite in there at 30. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. Outrun at 22, but I don't think the Amiga version. <laughs> I don't think they were taking that one. Going to be account. the one that they've been. <laughs> Elite at 21, the original Elite, which was it blew my mind when mm-hmm. I first saw it, and Elite Two blew my mind even more. But it was more of a graphic. I mean, Elite just was so immense, right? For the for for the amount of um, space it took on a disc. Um. See if there's anything else. So, well, let's just go. <laughs> super Street Fighter or Street Fighter Two came in at 13. Again, I'm not sure the Amiga version would be the one. <laughs> you know, it's a super super swap fighters, a yeah. disc swapping. So I'll, let's just quick, briefly. We'll just look at the top 10 just for fun. <clears throat> Get your comments, both, because this is more in your wheelhouse than mine. But I'm mean, interested to see what you think of this top 10. So coming in at number 10, uh, the N64 GoldenEye. This was one of the. This is the big uh,
0: multiplayer event, right, when it came out. Right. This was the game that if you were in high school or college, like I was, um, you sat in the dorm, you know, in the common room <laughs> of the dorm with, yeah. the, with the TV, and you, you you play it all night.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, my brother's a big fan. Uh You know, I, I've played it. It's, I've played the single-player version. I've never played multiplayer, but I hear it's nice. Um, number nine. Uh, Resident Evil 4, which I
0: believe... Was that the one that came out with the Wii and the GameCube? Uh, no, Resident Evil 4 came out. It was a GameCube uh, exclusive at first. And it was the first Resident Evil to not have those tank controls. You know, it actually controlled like a normal third person.
1: Have you had to go with that? Uh, I've
0: never played any of the Resident Evils except for the first one. Yeah, so, But uh, I
1: know that it has a lot of love. I know Resident Evil 1. I hope you enjoy looking at doors open yeah. and close. <laughs> uh, number 8. This is a... This is actually sort of Amiga-related, thanks to Vampire 2, Doom. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, boy, you know, I don't know why I do this, folks, because I don't don't have an Amiga 600, but I guess I'm sort of salivating. I've been looking a lot into the Vampire 2 Accelerator, and uh, I'm starting to see people playing Doom and Duke Nukem with it, and it's very exciting. Uh, I'm... I cannot. I absolutely cannot wait for a, 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 a Amiga twelve hundred version of this. I'm going to be all over this thing, but this thing's looking real promising. But Doom was a good game. I guess you played that back in the I day. I played
0: the first level that came on the shareware disc. You know, <coughs> really, that that's over all. Over. That's it.
1: We played the crap out of this thing. This is the Doom was the reason we got network cards originally because there was no other reason to have any. You know, at the time, great game, fun. I mean, unfortunately, it, it to me it Spawn. marred yeah. it marred a lack of innovation that has. <laughs> But still still intact, yeah. Um, seven, Final Fantasy Seven, a game that I
0: another one of these I don't never understood the appeal, but people love it. I never played Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but uh, at that point I was still a Nintendo guy. I didn't have a PlayStation, uh-huh. and uh, I but I remember your brother. Uh, he, he was it. crazy for oh, it. Oh,
1: yeah. loved it, loved it. Uh, number six, Legend of Zelda. A link to the past, which that is the second one. Is that, that... is
0: the first Super Nintendo? That's the first one. one. Oh, the yeah. first
1: Super Nintendo yeah. one. Okay. That's
0: really, uh, you know, I think I, I would be surprised if there was a game that's that's high a Zelda game higher on the list. I haven't seen the rest of the list yet, but uh, that game is pretty near for the kind of game that it is. It's pretty perfect, you know, as far as your your top down two D platform dungeon exploring game. What
1: was the sides the side-scrolling jumping game? That was Zelda 2. See, that, of
0: the, all the Zelda, that's the only one I'll even remove.
1: That right. one is terrible. I, 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 it's hard. <laughs> um, coming in at number five, Super Mario 64. Pretty crazy game when it came out. Just crazy innovative in yeah. terms of the way it looked. But when you boil it down, number five of all time. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I mean, it was a real. It blew everyone's mind at the time, but I mean, it's. Yeah. I feel
0: I feel pretty good about that because that game <laughs> revolutionized gaming in a way that a lot of games that are considered classics didn't. Well, to me, I mean, it was it was, they, very they were, it was it was the first time that you could control a character in 3D space, and it actually felt real. It wasn't wireframes. It wasn't some abstraction you were Mario and you could run around that field outside the castle and jump in the water that to me and maybe it's because of my age it just you know that game changed gaming forever in ways that we still feel now much more than games that I prefer that are really seen as you know classics.
1: I will say I I thought it was a good game I think that was uh, really I think Nintendo sort of followed the Natural progression of the way games were. I think games are going to go that way. Well, now, but in I hindsight, think,
0: we can see that. Well, we yeah, but there was the other time.
1: things in the, like a py, like there. Um, what was it? What's the little dragon guy, Pyro? Or, Spyro was after that. Spyro. but I mean, they were all coming up on the heels. Uh, they, you know, I don't think so. I think all of that development
0: started after Mario sixty four.
1: I think it's a good game. Number five. I'm just saying. On the, that's that's pretty high. Um, number four. Hey, this is an Amiga one, Tetris. It's on everything, mm-hmm. you know. Calculators, watches, everything has Tetris.
0: Tetris and Snake, you know, you find on every machine. <laughs> Tetris, I can't argue with Tetris. Are you a fan? I like Tetris. I played <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of it, the DS version, because uh-huh. uh, you could play live online multiplayer with other people. Uh, yeah, I like Tetris. Tetris, great I'm game. Great, my, probably
1: my favorite puzzle game. Um, four or number three. Uh, is sort of a surprise they get this high. Shinmu. really? Um, I have Dreamcast, I've got Shin
0: Mu, I've never even come close to beating it. Uh, it's a whew, tough game and long, you know. This is, I, I don't understand this one. Uh, I know that Shin Mu has a lot of love, and this, it does. Is, this is a reader's poll, so I mean, um, but number three classic game of all time, you know. I don't get it. but well, maybe this
1: is a silent vote for the Dreamcast as a system. Yeah, true. You know, true. But the Dreamcast
0: uh, is very beloved, much maligned.
1: Yeah, yes, indeed. Um, number two, uh, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Okay. Another one I see always high on these lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is a fan list, so I, I don't it's, know. It's a fan. You know,
0: it's just like Shenmue, you know. Yeah,
1: it's, but uh, uh, I I'll actually like of the Zeldas that's I've been on the list that we've mentioned. This is probably one I like more I than the others. I played the heck
0: out of this game when I got it. It was the first 3D Zelda. It took all <laughs> the things that were great about Mario uh, and uh, put them into the Zelda universe, except you couldn't jump.
1: Kind of neat, neat. And number one on the ultimate uh, 150 greatest games ever, as per voted on by the readers of Retro Gamer, Super Mario World uh one number one best game of all time now this is a game i actually have played and beaten and it's it's a good it's a very very good elite level platformer there's no doubt about it again best game of all time i that's i don't know it's awful good i mean i'll be fair but of course the list is subjective Mm -hmm. i mean my favorite game of all time is probably like donkey kong now if you it's nowhere near as complex as a game like this but it's I keep going back to it, or Mister mm-hmm. Do, you know, you know the, but that's just the way my brain works. Right. Some people like Shinmus and right. Zelda. Yeah, and and I think it's like important
0: to make a distinction between you know best games of all time versus most influential games of all time. Cause right. Sometimes people vote thinking about you know what games influenced other <laughs> games, but those aren't always the best games. Yeah, correct. Correct. And so uh, you know, I think I personally. Um, you know my favorite game, probably you know Do Run Run on the arcade. <laughs> uh, the Adams Family, of course, my favorite Amiga game. Um, I have to say, I liked I liked Moon Knight a lot. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> Moonstone. Uh, Moonstone last <laughs> week an
1: awful lot, and found myself playing that a little bit this week again, just to trying to get better at it. What a, what a cool game that was. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Super Mario World, not bad. So, anyway, I
0: just thought that was something we could look into real quick. You know, it's good to see there was a few Amiga games represented on there. Right, and I think that that really shows, too, that this is a, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see the uh, an American, you know, poll, because I, I imagine most of the readers of Retro Gamer are, are from the U.K. So, you're going to get more PC, you're going to get more computer titles in there for the for the better.
1: I'd say a lot yeah. of those titles would stick, though. I mean, th- those are. I mean, those Nintendo games. It's funny Nintendo's always at the rear here recently,
0: mm-hmm. but they all their games are so beloved. Well, I'm talking about. It's amazing. About, you know, I noticed Chucky e. Egg was on that list. Yeah, almost guarantee if you pulled U.S. readers, Chucky e. Egg. Would oh yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely it. not, and I doubt Elite would be on there. Right. Or, or And in so
0: you know, in, in a lot of ways, the fodder. UK. Because they had, you know, the early 80s, they had development studios in the UK where there were none in America. Everything was coming from Japan. Um, You get a much more varied, uh, kind of more comprehensive look, which is appreciated, which is another reason why we read retro games. Yeah,
1: so if you're interested in that sort of thing, uh, pick it up. They occasionally do some Amiga coverage in here. And uh, this month, they've got a big thing on the C64 also. So if you're into that sort of thing, pick it up. Speaking of magazines, before we close out, uh, you'll recall last month we reviewed... Last week, uh, or excuse me, last month. <laughs> what month are we in? I don't even know. Uh, last week we reviewed a magazine. What was the name of that magazine? Amigaville. Amigaville. Uh, it looks like, uh, sadly, that the fellow that uh, was putting it out—and I mean fellow, as in one guy—is uh, shuttering and closing the doors on on the magazine, at least for now. Uh, I hope he uh, reconsiders. Actually, I uh, I really enjoyed it. We didn't we didn't mention it last week, but the um, Issue 4 had a really interesting article on Doom and Doom clones on the that was really fascinating. I kind of enjoyed that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I wouldn't mind seeing it keep going. Again, yeah. two pounds. You know, I just paid 14 bucks for this thing. Two pounds, you know, I'd, I'd part with that in a heartbeat. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think that you have to look at it. Whenever you're creating anything, you have to look at it from the perspective as, you know, it's great if I get this money. But the money shouldn't be the motivating factor as to whether the thing exists or not. For example, we'd be sitting down here talking about Amiga, whether we got paid to do it or not, which we don't. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> well, we do though. I mean, we've got paid, We got sponsors. We've right, got, but it's uh, not like we're making well, like hundred million dollars. No, no, no. But I mean, like, if we, you know, if if all our fun, you know, if all of our our Patreon people decided to stop supporting us tomorrow, the show would come out next week. You know shh (laughs) don't stop supporting ignore him um but uh you know we do it because we love it and because it's not the it doesn't take an amount of work that takes over our lives and makes us feel stressed you know we Aaron comes down here we put the show together i put it online it's not a very hard thing to do putting a magazine together is a hard thing to do yeah
1: very labor intensive very, very uh
0: just coming up with the articles
1: mm-hmm.
0: would be difficult. Even the layout, just making all the layout look decent. <laughs> and, I mean, it did. It looked good. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand uh, I can understand why, you know, he's he's discontinuing it. I just hope that he takes, you know, things that he writes in the future and submits them to other publications. Cause, sure. Uh, you know, we definitely need things like that. We need Amiga publications out there. Yeah, it, Um, I agree. One other thing I was thinking of that I didn't bring up last week is, did you know there's actually a paper Apple II magazine? It comes uh, out in physical rope. form every month. It's called Juice G.S. <laughs> and uh, what's-his-name is the guy that's oh. behind it. Um, what's-his-name? I love that guy. Yeah, uh, Not Carrington, but the other guy uh, on the, oh, the uh, Mike the McGinnis. No the, the, the
1: Quarter podcast, yeah, yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh,
0: Mike McGinnis is the editor of that. But, I mean, they publish <laughs> a, uh, a, I think, the monthly magazine. It's like 20 bucks a year or something. Uh-huh. And I just thought, you know, we were talking about magazines for classic computers and i just think it's amazing that they're still able to to publish a paper version of that i think there's still an amiga magazine that comes out every month isn't well it? it's interesting that you mentioned that <coughs> because um on uh we were talking about it i think it was a uh, Dreamcatcher commented on uh my the youtube video that we did last week uh saying that um he he posted because i was <laughs> like you know i wonder when the last amiga magazine you know finally went under And uh, he posted a big list of, uh, I guess they were, maybe all Amiga magazines, maybe just in in Europe. But there were some, I think like Amiga format or something was still kicking in 2001. They didn't shutter until, like, May 2001. I believe that. So I'm not surprised. For a system that met its demise, you know, in 1994, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, to keep soldiering on with, you know, a magazine, a for-profit magazine. I wonder what they put in it there towards the yeah, end. Yeah, I oh. would love to get their last issue or their second-to-last issue just to see. No kidding. But, I, you know, I
1: think it seems like I was on... Amy, Amiga Kid or somewhere, and there's someone selling a magazine for the Amiga. I want to look into that mm-hmm. and come back to y'all. But, we'll report uh, back
0: on that. Next but week.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Amiga Phil, you know, we liked your book, and uh, if you ever decide to start it back up, give us a give us a jingle, and we'll uh, we'll have a look. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, Aaron, <laughs> are you ready to talk about the Chaos Engine? Uh, hey, Chaos is my business. No, um, the Chaos. Is it the Chaos Engine, or is the it just chaos that's engine. what I thought? The I thought there was a, a definite article involved. <laughs> um, so this was published um, by Renegade Software, right. uh, developed by the Bitmap Brothers. Um, I think they were sort of one and the same. I think
1: okay. I think I think the Bitmap Brothers were behind Renegade Software, so I, I, I think they did their own publishing.
0: And this is the first game that we've played that uh, has a setting that's kind of ubiquitous today, but not as common then—the steampunk setting. Right, right. Um, you know, steampunk's a big deal these days. Everybody's got their uh, their welded together glasses and their uh, their umbrellas that are also flamethrowers. But back then, <laughs> it was yeah. I, it was not as common.
1: Um, I believe that I read that this was ba- this game was at least loosely based on a William Gibson book. Really? Uh, and well, now he's if, the uh, if you're correct. Right? He did Neuromancer. the Neuromancer, and he did uh, uh, several other several other books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I loved. Loved Neuromancer. and by the way, the game is great too. We should probably do that one of these days. Uh, but uh, you can sort of see the influence. I mean, saying the game is based on something. This game has a plot. I mean, but I mean, it, it's like saying Gauntlet has a plot. Right, you know, go right. go. You know, go do this or that. But yeah, so that's. I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. So the uh, the Chaos Engine is actually a thing. Um, it's a uh, this this guy named Baron Fortesc Fortus. Fortesque, Port, that's how we say it in America. fortescue I'm sure that's not right. Uh, and, <laughs> that's how uh, we say it, is it? <laughs> and uh, and you you've got to defeat the the Baron, the, you know, blow <laughs> up the chaos engine, and you win. Well, I mean, did you, did, you, did you actually watch the little movie that comes on, on the CD32
1: version? No, I didn't I, play the CD32. I actually, version. I I I've got this for CD32, so I've seen the movie. But basically, I, I, from what I could remember, a, a, a time traveler comes to this time period. He he uh, loses his technology, something like that, and it. And this guy uses the technology to build all kinds of crazy contraptions, and he builds the Chaos Engine. But what happens is, when the Chaos Engine malfunctions, it absorbs him, mm. and it basically ruins the UK, effectively. So, where you're playing is in the UK, and it turns people into monsters. There's a cool video uh, uh, that comes at the beginning of the of the CD32 version. It turns all these people into monsters, and and the people that you're playing are basically. Uh, people that are hired to go in, they're just like, they're bounty hunters or, or, or soldiers of fortune that go in, and they're, they're trying to infiltrate and steal and, and, and defeat this chaos engine before it takes over the world. They're shutting it down to bring that area back to normal, mm-hmm. as, as I recall. So I thought that was pretty good plot for what the game actually is. It's
0: pretty good, you know. I
1: yeah. Uh, you want to talk a little
0: bit about the Bitmap Brothers?
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. The Bitmap Brothers, boy, I, I was talking to Bo before we went on the air. We, uh, I don't think we've done any of their games. And they were an awesome, awesome uh, game developer. Uh, just to go into some of their stuff, they did, obviously, uh, Chaos Engine. They did Chaos Engine 2, which was fun. They did um, Cadaver, Cadaver 2, which I have to say, I've not played the Cadavers, but I've heard they're good. Um, the Payoff, Gods, which is an interesting game. Uh, Magic Pockets, Speedball, and Speedball 2 Bro Deluxe, which are both... Top shelf games, in my opinion, uh, Xenon and Xenon two mega blast. I love Xenon two, uh, <laughs> as a shooter, it's a very good game. And again, we'll probably get to some of these, um, in the future. Uh, basically, uh, the Bitmap brothers are kind of still around. I mean, they actually released, uh, there's a, there's a version of this game on steam that you can play multiplayer online. Pretty neat. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that would be kind of fun. Um, uh, the last thing they released, I think, was that. Apparently, they got something else in the in the in the uh, kitty, but I I couldn't find any information out. You know, it's one of those this one of those companies that sort of faded away, but they're sort of still there, sort of like a cinemaware, right? Um, the uh, uh, the uh, the game that they came out with, they came out with some stuff for the uh, for the portable systems, you know, well after the Amiga. So they they kind of lumbered around, uh, you know, they're they had, they had a release in 2002. For, uh, get this. They released uh, games for the Game Boy Advance and the Pocket PC platform. So. yeah Picking <laughs> a winner. <laughs> um, they were based out of a place called Wapping, East London. Ever heard of that? Wapping? Never heard of it. I guess. I'm, is that right, guys? Wapping? You can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, the company was ran by a guy named Mike Montgomery. He also worked on the game. Uh, Eric Matthews and Steve Kelly, and eventually Montgomery took over the whole the whole uh, outfit. Uh, they were known for games that were very h- highly detailed. They were they were known for having games that were that were all over the spectrum, always different, always unique, and they were known for their games being very very
0: difficult. So, and again, like I said, they, there's a lot of developers that made games <laughs> for the Amiga whose yeah, games were known for being yeah
1: yeah them. yeah. Um, it was uh, so, but they were they were a good outfit. Like I said, just from listening to what games they had, they had a lot of good stuff. Uh, and, uh, again, they may still be around. Apparently, they released something called Speedball 2 Evolution, which had some kind of tournament play in it, which I've never heard of. And I guess it was a PC game, and apparently it didn't do very well, but I'm looking into it. And apparently, there's also possibly a a uh, uh, Speedball 3 floating around or something that was never released. So, who knows? So, But, pretty much, Big Mac Brothers had a lot of good stuff. Are they gone? I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, who <laughs> knows? It. Um. So uh, this, I think I said that this came out in 1993. So we're we're nearing the end of the Amiga's life, uh, but conversely, you know, this is when some of the most graphically impressive games are coming out.
1: Absolutely, uh, this
0: is a very good looking game. Uh, it's got, you know, the. I was a little disappointed that they chose the uh, particular starting area that you started. You kind of start in this swamp jungle type deal that's a lot of brown and a lot of green it is
1: the lamest looking of the bunch isn't yeah. it yeah i think um,
0: you're right but uh the, the characters that you pick uh you know when you start when you start the game uh you know you you're you're shown this screen that has the characters that you're you're allowed to choose and you're allowed to choose i think there's six of them um and uh and they all have different abilities they all have different weapons uh and um, the 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 profiles, you know, the, the pictures of your characters look great. Um, yeah, they're, and they're also, very stylistic. Yeah, and also once you're in the game, you can still tell, you know, who you've chosen. It's not like uh, Lionheart, where you watch the intro movie, there's this guy that looks like a cat dude, and then he looks kind of like a lady in the actual game. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, they, that was very well done um one thing that i thought was confusing about this game is that when you start it up you're given a set amount of money to spend on your character um and i think you're given like thirty thousand dollars and the characters cost different amounts but none of them cost more than what you got um maybe it's because i didn't make it to the end of the first stage uh, <laughs> and and that's where the shop is. Yeah, there's a shop in between. I think it's every second level. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't make it far enough because I was like, I'm getting this money. What's what good is it doing me?
1: Yeah, there, there's a shop. I think it's I think it's pretty every second level. Uh, you can get various like special you know special abilities and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that aspect. That's that that seems to be another thing that uh, the the bitmap's like because it's that's also in Xenon and it's also in uh, Speedball where you can kind of jack stuff up so the, I, I like that's cool it's nice to augment your guy a little bit um, I like the uh, I like the graphics a lot myself they're uh, they're very crisp they're very colorful for the most part uh, the frame rate's a little wonky at times I you know I remember playing this now it runs pretty good on my 1200 but on I remember playing this on my 1000 I always thought it ran just a little kind of a little frame rate a little wobbly mm-hmm. uh, but uh, otherwise you know good game music was uh, i thought was pretty good you know um i think let me look here the guy that did the music is the official guy yeah richard joseph he's done everything we've covered <laughs> so many of his things including moonstone the barbarians the james ponson's soccer you know he, uh, he's like an old friend now because this guy I mean, I mean he must have been the premier uh, magician, musician. we need to get on him on the show oh yeah mm-hmm. i think he's actually passed oh i think but don't hold me to that if you're still around sorry um <coughs> but uh I like the different characters were neat. I know they. Uh, Roy, really that's where the steampunkiness come of, of all of it comes in. Just the way they look. That's right. You know, that's, the, that's... when you're actually playing the game, it's not. You're not thinking, "Oh man, I'm in a cyber steampunk world." You're just like, "I'm in i you know, I'm in a world." And uh, there's monsters. Yeah, and and the monsters are you know the monsters are pretty wacky. I, I, I'm not good enough to get very far, but I watched the playthrough to see what happened on the later levels. Some of the monsters get pretty interesting. They look like Incredible Hulks on one level. And there's one level. There's human hands walking around, sort of like a thing. And then um, there's a le- the, one of the last levels. There are these like uh, uh, kind of like the floating robot-looking things that come after you. So there's a decent array. The, it, the environments are are good. It can get confusing. I always I would get lost
0: quite often. Mm-hmm. Did you have that trouble? I did. I would I would go down a path, <laughs> thinking I was going in the right direction. You know, to kill all these enemies along the way. And then just reach a dead end, or maybe they would have some weapons and items and things like that. But um, the good thing is that the enemies don't respawn. Um, I don't think they do. They, they do
1: well. They, they have these like gauntlet-like launchers that would pop right, up, right? And what eventually it is. they would just expend all the guys. Yeah,
0: or you can blow up yeah.
1: the the spawners. <coughs> sometimes, so. you, well, sometimes you can, sometimes mm-hmm. you can't. Um, like Boat said, you get to pick a character. Uh, there's six. There's a guy named. Uh, there's a thing or a class called Navy. Thug, brigand. Um, there's a, a guy named gentleman, and then there's a guy named preacher. And apparently, in the American releases of this, he got changed from preacher to scientist, which I read because they didn't want preachers to get killed. Right. That makes. I guess that makes. Or sense. blowing up things. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy preachers. <laughs> yeah. And of course, one guy will have more strength. I think the two the two strongest guys are very slow. You Know that
0: sort of thing, better weapons and whatnot. Yeah, and speaking of the ports, uh, the US versions of uh, the, the Sega and the Super Nintendo version were called Soldiers of Fortune, which I can't think of a more generic, bland sounding name. Than yeah, that. how can you not use the Chaos yeah. Engine? Now, that is an awesome sounding name. Yeah, even uh, there's a Sonic game called the Chaos Emeralds. Uh, remember that? No, <laughs> they're, they're, that might have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a Sonic game called the Chaos Emerald, or the Chaos Emeralds were involved in one of the Sonic games. Well, maybe they hope, maybe they stole. Them. That's true. <laughs> um, the uh, the game was very popular. Uh,
1: I don't know if we mentioned it, it got ported to a lot of stuff. The uh, Atari ST, of course, uh, or the Amiga's little buddy, <laughs> basically. Yeah. at the hip, uh, Super Nintendo, the PC. I remember having this on the PC actually. Hmm. Um, the uh, Genesis, aka the Mega Drive, and our old buddy the Acorn Archimedes ah, got a copy man, of Man, I got to well. get one of those. Um, the uh, The graphics were reduced from thirty two colors down to sixteen for the ST version. I did read that; I thought that was kind of interesting. Or dithered down. The game was uh, two discs, um, so not it's you know they packed a lot on two discs. Mm-hmm. I know the playthrough I watched I went through it at a pretty brisk, brisk pace. <coughs> got through in about two hours.
0: That's a lot of content. Yeah,
1: um, the uh, CD32. This also got released separate releases on the Amiga. They had it had a uh, OCS ECS release, and then it had a HEA uh, release, and then it had a CD32 release. And the CD32 release had, <coughs> excuse me, had full a full intro, which I was telling Boat about, and then it also had sort of um, you know music, and it had a voice thing at the end. Uh, so it was a and it, uh, the AJ version supposed to be a little more colorful. They run better, I think. I'm not sure the colors any better, but they really run better. Um, I had a chance to have a look to see what this was going for. It's funny. Last week, Moonstone, which was a, a game not released here, and uh, I don't know if it was as popular. It was so expensive. I couldn't believe how much it was going for. This game, very popular game. You can get them, these things. They're falling out of the sky. You get them for 10, 15 bucks or less uh, all over the world <laughs> they're, they're available the cd version is plentiful in particular you can get that one anywhere uh j- it's just a jewel case so no problem with picking them up uh, one of the neat things about this game was that uh you could play two players simultaneous uh on the same team or you could have one player with the computer buddy what did you think of your computer buddy when you uh, ran through uh
0: i mean he was moderately <laughs> useful yeah he didn't seem to get in my way um, he didn't. Mine didn't get stuck behind yeah, stuff. You yeah. know. Uh, he uh, he never seemed to to do anything offensive, and so I was <laughs> glad to have him. Um, you know, uh, I think that this is another one of these games we haven't actually talked about if we like the game or not. Maybe we should do that. Um, <laughs> That's because I, I. Go ahead. What do you think of the game? Um, it's been called Gauntlety. Yeah. Your thoughts? It seems to lack. <laughs> a lot of incentive to replay it because it's yet another title that i could not get past you know i got past the first level but i could not get past the second level to get to the shop because i didn't even know there was a shop yeah um and uh and so without any kind of motivating factor to spur me on you know the 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 first level itself i felt like uh, you know it just it just the game was not for me it, i i like gauntlet um, I like I think part of the charm of gauntlet lies in the myriad enemies that attack you at once you know there's it seems like thousands of bad guys rush you all at once uh, you have the I tried a couple of the different characters they all I mean they they all have different weapons but they all seem to do the same thing um, I like to having the special weapons they were they were okay um, but I really think if they would have, made more if they would have told you somehow at the beginning hey try and get to the store on the second level so you can upgrade your weapons or just giving you some reason like that to want to keep playing I think I might have stuck it out a little bit longer got a little bit better
1: it's funny when when this game came out I remember it. it was quite a quite popular game and looking over the reviews I'm looking here at the um, you know a lot of a lot of magazines of the time gave it 90s you know 90 somewhere between 90 and 100% and uh well, I recall, one of them giving it, it was in like the top, it was in the top ten, I think, of all time, or maybe it was eleven. So it was very well received. Mm-hmm. And 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 the my Brothers, to their credit, they did solid work. It was a solid, you know, like I said, it ran pretty good. It looked great, and it, I thought it played pretty well. That much said, and and the environment, and the and the, the what the the uh, the world they built was cool with the cyber with the, with the, uh, the the steampunk, the graphics, yeah, neat. Yep. Uh, the graphics, the way they illustrated. You know, but I mean, when you get boil it down to the basics. It was okay. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, I hate to say it, but it was very godly. Mm-hmm. It really was. I know people are getting aggravated, but I mean, that's that's what it reminded me
0: of uh, a lot. It just and, and there's a lot of games, especially at this era, there were a lot of games that I remember coming out on the Super Nintendo that were kind of like this. Um, it kind of reminded me of the top-down sections of Contra uh, that were on the 16-bit platforms. Uh, there even like a game like Fester's Quest. Did you ever play that? I've seen it, yeah. So I mean, it just seemed like there were the 16-bit era. There were a lot of these games. They all kind of had that same drab color palette, and they just didn't excite me. Um, and it were, really was the the first part of me kind of getting out of the the video game scene was a lot of these these games that kind of looked like this. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: I will say, in its defense, the I thought the I thought the worlds themselves were neat. There's several levels that are, like I said, I watched. I don't know how much of it you watched after you, after you got. I didn't. I didn't. Confused. I didn't
0: watch any of the playthroughs. So. The uh,
1: there, there's a there's a world where there's this kind of like mud pits and a, and the parts where you can't walk will kind of bubble up.
0: Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Oh, a, you're a, talking a, about the first levels, so right? Level. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's
1: castles and there's 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 castle kind of levels. I mean, I thought they did a good job with the backgrounds. I mean, mm-hmm. there, just, trust me when I say this. I don't think there's anything wrong with the game, and it's it's moderately fun game, and I bet it'll be a lot. I bet me and Bodo end up. Finishing up, we'll go over and play it together. And it'll probably be more fun with two people than Guaranteed. it was with one. Guaranteed, <clears throat> which is good. To, hey, multiplayer, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure an online version of this is really fun. Uh, but it was a very beautiful thing on a very basic concept. I mean, it's basically let's boy it's like a berserk or, or mm-hmm. something. Just you, yeah. you run around a, a maze, a very complex maze, and a maze, and you, you just have to have a special weapon or maybe mm-hmm. special abilities. Um, <clears throat> the I was disappointed when I watched the playthrough that there weren't, I thought there'd be in-bosses t- between each level, there's not. There's one main in-boss at the end and it's, even that's pretty lackluster. Uh, the uh, uh, overall, that was disappointing. The music I thought was good, the graphics yeah. are good, everything's tight, but I'm going to give it a marginal thumbs up just because it's just sort of a game. In fact, of all the Bitmap Brother games we mentioned earlier, and, which, and Speedball, let's face it, sort of runs on this kind of, a, kind of same... V- like, view. Um, I think I this one I don't like up in that area. I mean, it's okay. It's
0: not the best. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, uh, anyway, that's that's our review on the Chaos Engine. Yeah, still, it's a good game. Try it out. And,
1: I'm, like I said, multiplayer. Check out our live review. Uh, and we might like it a lot more here in about... Ten minutes. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That seems to be the case with a lot of these yeah. games. We come out of the podcast kind of down on a game, and then when we play it together, we're like, hey, this is great. The soccer so. game is the one that come, j- jumps yeah. into my mind I mean, yeah. instantly. So um, anyway, before we wrap this thing up, uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors. Uh, we've got uh, Will Williams. we got Wayju. Uh, Daniel Bingston. Uh, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. Brent Dally and Chad Halstead. Thanks, guys. Um, and uh, next week, we are going to play... Uh, kind of a salute to uh, Dave Needle. We're going to play uh, Epic's Winter Games. Winter Games. We've been trying to get to an Epic, so this will be our first one. And say, hey, we got to do it while it's still winter. Yeah. So uh, as always, if you'd like to uh, sponsor our podcast, keep us going, uh, you can visit our page at patreon.com slash Uh and uh, stay tuned for our, our live playthrough. Until next time, adios. adios.